0: Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat.
1: Cool.
2: So Logan, as we close in on the fantasy gaming league conclusion we are almost there two more games this week to talk about parky's final game is in in super mario rpg and also hall has completed his list with super mario rpg and then mr Adcock has also finished his with persona 5 tactica don't know why it's just not called tactics it's so I wrote, me that. well i wrote down tactics on the spreadsheet And then I saw I I'm sure I changed that actually, and it's not saved it. But anyway, that's not what people want to hear 30 seconds into the podcast. Let's start in order of release, which would have been Persona 5 Tactica. Actually, I think they released on the same day, but the reviews are out sooner on that. A 79 for Adcock. So he was the man gunning for paper's top spot in the Grand Prix. Wasn't Mm. enough in the end. Uh, does give him at present top a second spot by two points so if his games start to blow a little bit more you know Tactica in particular may go up or down because it's still relatively early days he may lose that second spot but he is a clean 12 points off paper which means that that kind of Either the win against Adkins, which is all that's left now, or the actual second place will go to Paper. He's he's won that. So as I think we both predicted, um, that game was didn't have the strength to carry what he needed there. It was he needed the high eighties for that, which was a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Game Pass, so could this be a Logan game? Tactics based game, turn based. Your favourite, isn't it?
3: literally couldn't be further from what I would probably enjoy playing. So no. Why do you hate tactics all. and
2: strategy games?
3: I just find them a bit bland. I mean I don't broadly it depends in what format. If it's like right. a card game where you take it in turn, it's a little bit different. But yes. Like when they blend combat into turn based, I just find it becomes a little bit dull. Mm. I I don't know I don't know what the ideal form is because I have this debate it's like even when I'm playing like an MMO or something like I find just the clicking nature of combat just a bit like I don't feel like I'm doing there's no I don't feel like there's skill which is slightly different in turn based because there's a strategy to it but I don't know I feel like there's a very small window between I like to feel like I am actively a part of it if that makes sense and i feel like watched. yeah turn based i just select something and the character does it i'm just a fucking i'm just an instructor well
2: these ah. tac- these tactics styles games which i don't know if it's a, i don't know what the actual word is for it but mm. rather than it just being you choose a move from a menu and then it rolls a dice and says yep or nope you you have strategy over your positioning on the battlefield you know, yeah. using using cover and things like that. And that's still turn-based. You know, you've got maybe mm. two turns per character to move them in position and maybe attack. But that does give a little bit more of a a feel of you, you doing stuff. You've got to set your, mm. you know, try and maybe coax your enemies into certain areas or get the high ground and attack using certain mm. powers or weapons. But yeah, it's not... I don't think these games are going to be a revelation if, they, if the turn-based stuff no. hasn't been... I've just never got it. Like I just, it's just never uh,
3: stirred me in the right way. If that makes sense. Unless it's, it's Pokemon. Yeah, but
2: even Pokemon
3: sometimes is a little
2: bit like no, it's you're just playing
3: out the inevitable.
1: Yeah. Is like,
2: it, 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 is nerd's first turn-based game. Like you can get yeah. away of doing a bad job, and you will not be close to being punished. But that's the that's the one that most people forget about when they say they don't they haven't played them mm. um, and it's not really. I, don't,
3: I fundamentally don't even think I really enjoy that. Like no, to be honest with you, I think I did back in the day, but I more enjoy the world of Pokemon yeah. Yeah. more and and like the names and the like everything to do with it. I don't play it for combat. No. Like that's just not not my thing. Um, so yeah, I, I just broadly just don't think it's. Great. It just, I mean, it's really unfair just because I don't enjoy it. So it's, it's not great. It. I think that's probably unfair. But it's just not. It doesn't. It doesn't tickle my senses in the brain to make me go. Oh, I need to do that again. Nope.
2: Can't play. Whereas everything. when I get
3: killed on Counter Strike, I'm like, right, I'm going back to get this fuck. Like well, that's the difference. How
2: often does that pan out for you? I bet it doesn't. it but Doesn't you put, put down again. Do it f- yes, try correct. Fall into the same trappings. They know what they do. Headshot,
3: instant. Headshot, instant. You go Beagle. right.
2: In it? Yeah. That's one of them.
3: That uh, is one of them, yeah.
2: Glock. Yeah, the Glock's it?
3: on there.
2: What was that uh AWP? That big fucking slipper. Yeah, the AWP. yeah AWP. that's the
3: one that I kept getting headshotted with. Yeah, that... honestly, you can't
2: go on. Go on, I was gonna say I thought that was like one shot kill basically, even if you didn't get me in the yeah, head.
3: Well if, yeah, the...
2: yeah. if you get me in the chest, it was just uh...
3: I think you can. it depends because armor. there's like body armor right. and stuff like that. So I don't know the exact mechanics around it. But, I mean, if you ain't got anything on, I think it's like one shot from the AK or it feels like one shot from the AK dead in the head. Right. Like me yeah. literally walk around a corner, gone. You go, well, what's happened should, here? As it should be. Put, uh, helmet,
2: put helmet on. But that, oops, noisy from memory. Anyway, it Persona is. 5 Tactica. Let's go to Game Central, and the reviewer this time is Metro Game Central, so that's Skynet's doing this one, apparently. It's not human. No name listed. It walks the precarious tightrope where it risks disappointing both persona and strategy fans, but most of the time this fun but shallow tactical role player threads the needle to enjoyable effect. 7 out of 10. Now, I actually might go and play this because I've played Persona 5, as we know, Persona 5 Royal. I have Persona 5 Strikers through monthly PlayStation Plus games. So that will be there indefinitely until I pull the plug on the entire thing. This is on Game Pass and I'll probably miss the boat on it because I don't think I'm going to get around to it in the next year or so. But my plan is to, once Persona 3 is done in January or February, more likely, go back to Strikers, do that and then do this spin-off as well, and then you know play the spin offs as and when they come out for any future titles. I mean, this it's a good plan, but I caught myself playing State of Decay this week too, so you can say there's good planning being done, and then that's being chucked in there.
3: I, 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 that, if you gave me a list of games that I thought you'd be playing this year, I would never have put State of Decay 2 on there. No chance. I like the first one. So, did a lot of people.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason
3: why it fell off a cliff.
2: (laughs) Well, look, the way I look at this one is that State of Decay 2, when it came out, certainly was not of required standard. No. I think it's 2018. It's been five, at least four Mm. years, let's say, minimum. They have Mm. patched the fuck out of that. This is like a. Yeah. Not quite a No Man's Sky. I don't think it's quite added as many features as that is, you know, but more Mm. of a cyberpunk, and it's up to. But not as good as Cyberpunk, I would I would probably if I had to guess, having not played both of them fully. But it's up to a standard where it's playable at least. So if you're interested yeah. in the idea of it, it should be a decent mm. experience. And I've had to restart it twice because of various Well, the first time was just ten minutes in, I just wanted to see what's going on. Yeah. And I was like, okay, right, that I'll you know, I'll restart and choose a different starting character. Second time I'd a mare, that's a good five hours worth of progress lost. What? Because, well, I think mean it's about... Maybe not five, but it's at least three. The The, the tutorial doesn't guide you very well about certain things. Essentially, mm. I grew my base too much to start with and didn't have enough food coming in and beds and shit. And I needed to do other stuff because it was early in the game to get up and running. Yeah. I, I could never build up enough fucking cache of stuff so i got in a right old state and i thought you know what this is poor i'm gonna start again and when i looked in there when i went to start a new game it said oh you can skip the tutorial and i was like oh that's interesting what does that mean when you go in the tutorial you get like four four sets of two characters you can choose like a, a pair like a couple basically they've got a different backstory and you're like okay i'll choose one they've got different stats traits and things like that and then it puts you through this like opening level where you meet two other survivors and again they're sort of the original four you go with but they're always other than the two you select obviously you can choose another pairing but the other two are basically the same people just with different names and voices the same traits when I looked in the uh, way of doing it, skipping the tutorial you pick three, su- three survivors and you can randomly generate them and they can be good bad or indifferent and I was like this is better I don't want this backstory I don't want it I don't want to know about this couple that have survived. I don't need it because what happens is, over time, the game forgets they're a couple and they won't interact in that way. At least if I have three unknown survivors, mm. they will just be, you know, whatever. It won't really matter. Three originals. <coughs> and then you know, it's permadeath, so there's a good chance they will end up dying at some point. But um, I like yeah, the idea is- of just starting out, and also it doesn't put, it doesn't, it won't funnel me down these. These set missions I've got to do. Um, you just start basically, and you you start with the first base, and it's like right, go and do what you want, and that would be more appealing to me rather than it trying to sort of show me what to do, gameplay wise, and make me do stuff that doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make it didn't make sense to me to want to move base at that time, but because the game's tutorial wants to show you how to do it, you do it. Mm. in Any yeah. case, I don't know how we got onto that, but that's, that should have been saved for the review
3: it should have. i was surprised you went into that level of detail but it's interesting to hear you talk to that um because normally with these sort of games you like to be given a story that you play out but yeah. actually what
2: you've preferred to do is yeah. make your own story thank if it ain't up to snuff there's you know yeah. get rid of, get rid of it and it's one of those games it sounds fucking stupid when you say it out loud but it is kind of it is your own story type thing because Mm. it's so dynamic in what can happen. It's quite random. You know, what hordes you run into, like you can go out on just a a standard mission and someone will die. If you get caught with your pants down and it's permadeath for them. So that sort of stuff, it is one of those ones where your playthrough won't be the same as someone else's generally. Mm. Um, You'll hit Mm. the same sort of main campaign mark because it'll want you to do certain things, but how you get there and what you do on the journey there is kind of unique. So the idea of it being completely fresh was more appealing to me this time. Mm. Um and uh yeah that's what I'll be that's what I'll be probably playing. You know, I don't know how long the game is. Forty odd hours, I think, if you do everything. I don't know if I'll do everything because it's a game that sort of always generates mm. new missions, if that makes sense. Like side stuff and yeah, yeah. stuff coming in. But mm. It might be to the end of the year. I could quite comfortably just sit there and play that because it's a nice, easy play. It's, it's sort of... Yeah.
3: That... Right up a street in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is... it is. You can tell why it didn't score the best anyway. It's never going to get a 10 out of 10, put it that way. No. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't no. got the production or the, the smoothness in gameplay. There is concessions you make with the game, but the idea of it mm. is really appealing to me. I've been waiting yeah, yeah. for ages to play it, and I was like, well, let's just fucking do yeah. it.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. It's, but I think that's one of, that was one of the charms of the original one, though. Is yes. that yeah? It was it was kind it was of the, like it was Walking, walking dead, dead simulator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but you knew it wasn't perfect. It was like no. a little, like I wouldn't say indie game necessarily, well, but it was because it felt like it had a little bit more to it than that.
2: I think it but, was to start with, and then Microsoft bought them sort of towards the hmm. end of the development. But this still feels then like that in that element it feels like a lower yeah. budget type thing and yeah state of decay 3 has been announced and i'm in I'll be, again i'll be up to speed for that if and when that arrives but um
3: it's interesting actually i know we're going off on a tangent well, here that microsoft yeah. continue to produce sequels to okay games Do you yeah, know what i mean, mean that, by that
2: like it, yeah, yeah yeah they're not they're not like the absolute fucking king kong of making cash or popular or even critically acclaimed they just yeah. they like the idea of it. They probably yeah. see potential in yeah. it. And they, they want to go with it, which is, yeah, State of Decay 3. I was not expecting to see that announced, to be honest, after State of Decay 2, how bad mm. it seemed to perform. But, I mean, they the last patch that went out of this game was about six weeks ago. So they're still still to this day, yeah. they are fixing things and adding new things. I think that is this, mm. this curveball thing, which basically adds a modifier sometimes randomly. Like the zombies get infected mm. with a different type of strain, and they they explode, and you know just weird things like that that will just throw your yeah. way randomly. Uh, it's uh, a bit much. The fucking game There's a lot going on. You can do everything. Yeah. You have to just get but on suppose, with and so look after yourself, wipe your own arse, and then leave the others out there to fend for themselves.
3: Mm. What I was going to say was, I suppose you Cutting said that there's no real, there's no real end to the game. Less concern. Um, Well, but is this why they keep adding stuff? Because you can keep going back, they'll add a patch, you can load up your save, and there'll be
2: something different for you to do. I'll tell you what, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't looked it up because I don't want to know. But I think there is a a finale, like, legacy mission, they call it, Mm. that kind of ties up your community's kind of end, if you want to do it. Because what they actually encourage is that you start a new game on a new map and you can import your community or members of your community into the new game. So you can actually play again in a different area with the same people if you want to do that. And so it's all like yeah. a new game plus almost, isn't it? You can yeah, keep, yeah. keep all their mm. traits, all that shit and materials mm. and stuff and get a get a foothold. I don't think i would bother doing that. It doesn't seem... I'll just probably play through whatever the final legacy yeah, yeah. mission is and, and do it. But yeah, it is, again, you're right though. It's kind of... It's a sandbox to a certain extent yeah. of, of randomness. So they need to have things happening in the world constantly to draw your attention or to you know put little carrots on sticks but we'll see mm. i will stick with it i think um i was just overwhelmed when i first played it and the tutorial doesn't do a good job of not putting you in that situation just sort of allowed me to hamper myself and, yeah um, yeah that's not what I want. I want a nice clean start with free randomers and we'll grow the community from there anyway this is idle game chat Dim Digital's flagship video game podcast, completely independent and it's grassroots over that wreck football. Yeah,
3: literally from the grass.
2: <laughs> mm. So, I was an astroturf at all, but the uh, environmental concerns will probably see to that. Probably a lot of the bees, mate. There. Well, are you allowed <laughs> to have honey these days because it's cruel to the bees? If you're vegan, for example, you don't be having that honey, as far as I understand, because it's an animal... Or well, it's an animal product. Yes. But they're going to make the fucking honey regardless, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. that's the
3: argument for milk and eggs. It's the um, argument for it all. It's going to come... It's, it's not being forced out.
2: Well, I mean... Well, they're not... Bit the, would, bit, I think it's the fact they're just they're locked up, aren't they? Even the bees, to a certain extent, are chucked in that hive and they're like, we are staying here. But again, they wouldn't do, do it if they anyway. didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, they would have done it somewhere. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't do it if they didn't enjoy <laughs> They wouldn't, would they? <laughs> you can't force it this. That... You can't force it's them. nature. Yeah, the yeah. milk you you are, you're literally extracted it from the cow. And they've been bred for that, For milk. that, yeah. All yeah. Right.
3: So I do get that point of it. But the milk's getting made, the honey's getting made, and the eggs are getting laid. So... The reason it's a hot topic theory.
2: is because of this animal cruelty. You can get you can get yep. like um, products mm. that have like animal cruelty free on the back as a little like bunny. I think. You can watch that fucking Guardians of the Galaxy three. It set her off, in it. What's that? What well, tells like it tells like rockets kind of story, doesn't it?
3: Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Whatnot. Sorry. And, I see where you are going and, with that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: In fact, didn't watch it all. Couldn't watch it all. Walked away from it. I really? just sit there on my own. It's like, wow. uh, yeah, it it unusually yeah. heavy. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: was no, like, I, I remember when I was watching that and I was kind of like, I almost felt a bit guilty. Yes. And I was like, I mean, like my cat's literally have the best life and it's a joke. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> but then you do, it does open your eyes sometimes, this like other side of it. I mean, you know, I, th- yeah. I think this is an absolute extreme, but yeah, you are right. So, what is, is there in your household a, a concerted concerted effort to?
2: Well, we'll see. I, I mean, my view is I'm happy to go along with it, but as soon as I spot the inconsistencies, where you know, where certain do concessions principles. are made, I'll be yeah. like, look, I'll be pointing them out. I'm that like, sort of person. But I'll hang on a minute, no
3: caged eggs. That well, is a rule that I've got. I don't yep. be having them. Um, So, have to be free range. Mm. Um, and even that isn't ideal, I've heard. Um, they get around that sometimes. But, yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one to navigate, isn't it? How yeah, do I mean, we get onto that?
2: I mean, the consistent... Grassroots. Um, grassroots, yeah. <laughs> the consistent... <laughs> Tangent. The, the only consistent approach is actually like the vegan approach where you just cut it all out.
3: Or you know? So one of the good you can get, especially around where we live, there's a lot of people that actually have chickens you can go around the country lanes Mm. and you can get proper organic eggs for like two quid for six and that is the way to do it for eggs but milk's a tricky one because as you go about that almonds there's no well
2: i got told those almonds are destroying some insects somewhere i mean again you can't get away with a lot of this stuff
3: Nah, but apparently if you get like soya or any of these then you're the farming and everything like that ain't great. So there's no... There's no winning. There's no silver bullet is what nah. I would say. Nah. Buy local, buy organic is the ideal way of doing it, I think.
2: But you can't get ruined
3: in this cost of living
2: crisis. Nope. If you are cost of living crisis like we are, patreon.com forward slash digital, the free range podcast. Huh? Families to support, animals to look after, causes to fight... Well, look, if I'm going to go cruelty-free, even the hair gel needs to be looked at. That, and that's going to be another two quid a pop, isn't it? Or hair wax, whatever I'm using. I might to shave my head. But it's done with.
3: Not a problem over here.
2: I know. That's, that's, that is the title way to do it. But I do like the idea of it being a choice for me rather than it being forced upon, <laughs> <laughs> forced upon me. That's, that's, <laughs> I will say that. You um, cannot argue with that. <laughs> no. Super Mario RPG... Yes. Got an 84. Oh, Persona 5 Tactical got 79, by the way, but Super Mario RPG got an 84. Now, mm-hmm. what that means in terms of Fancy Gaming League, it basically confirms you as the winner. Parky now sitting on 838, you sitting on 860. Mm-hmm. So, good effort from Parky, but was 20-odd points off in the end, which is about where my forecast was kind of landing towards the back end. Hall was mm-hmm. adamant that it was going to be close, but that, that Destiny Lightfall at 71 cost Parky dearly um, yeah I mean I, I think it's it's closer than I thought
3: it was going to be originally when those games were drafted out I was like you know when you know when you see something you go that should be based on my game list and, and what I'm hearing from that side it should be a win but to mm. get it within sort of 20-30 points I think is, is pretty good going and perhaps I underestimated some of the games that, that he had in his, his roster
2: Average <laughs> average of, of eighty five for Park at the moment, an average of eighty seven for you. Um,
3: Quite unbelievable, really.
2: Like, yeah, I mean, it's it is, that is a higher. I'll have to go through the history books when we mm. do the debrief and see what what record. I think the, the, that's a new record score, and certainly the average will be gone as well with that. So, Parky may well have over, uh, got a new record as well. So, even if he'd, mm. you know, this, these may be the two highest scores. I will check all this for our end mm. of season show, and again.
3: Really, me and Parky can't take much credit for that, but it shows I think the competition is is getting stiffer in terms of people actually paying attention and, and actually thinking about it. Whether that's luck or judgment, we'll see. But um I think broadly speaking, there was a couple of games that both me and Parky had to sub out. But you don't get many people taking huge risks no unless you're adkins in the in the solo draft but um broadly it seems like most people have clocked on to the fact i need to get games out i'm going for games in that 80s range 70s are no longer applicable there's not many risks i don't think there's a couple but i think people are taking it i'd say more seriously or at least it feels like that to me other yeah. than Hull, who's just chaffing it away.
2: Yeah, he's had a terrible Grand Prix. One to forget for him. In terms of Super Mario RPG, I'm going to do Game Central again and get the Skynet in yeah. because they've got that bot doing things again. 7 out of 10. An excellent remake of a historically important game that often gets forgotten. The price is off-putting, but beyond that, this breezy and charming adventure. This is a breezy and charming adventure that's perfect for RPG fans. Rippages seven out of ten in terms of the grand prix paper is top 794 these are these everyone's got all their games out of the nadkins this is basically as final as it gets and it's all going to come down to that day before which we've spoken about which might be static k3 for all we know that's sort of it's an open world mmo survival zombie thing so maybe i'll be jumping Mm. on that if it's good. I don't think it's going to be. Any case, Papers papers 28 points in front of Adkins. So Adkins' last game just needs 28 points. Anything will do at this rate. But as we know, he, he hasn't got anything that will do because he's chuffed it with that game. We're going to see how that pans out. Paper, Adcock, Biff, Salmon, Adkins, Hall is how it will end if nothing changes. So that's the order. Hall had an absolute shocker. And then Adkins. be fair, paper, Adcock, Biff, Salmon. If we take Adkins out of the equation here, just because he may, he's either going to win it by a wide margin or blow it. Mm-hmm. Those four are only separated by 16 points. Yeah. 40 games. Shows how close it is. It's yeah. not a lot. No,
3: it's, it, it's probably, or it feels like the closest year we've yeah. had. Both in, in terms of Grand Prix
2: and... Um, what? Well, Ain't got oh, a proper name. The name. This is the problem, is it not? Well, it's just called the championship, but because <laughs> of that fucking football league, it sounds that sounds lesser. than. I don't like calling it yeah. that because it sounds like that shit. I
3: always get confused between one. the Grand Prix and Fantasy Gaming Draft (the FGD) and what I've lost track of the titles, and then I'm like, well, what am I getting wrong here? i have got the Fantasy leagues. Gaming
2: League Grand Prix. That's everyone. The FGLGP. Yep. And then you've got the FGL right. Championship, which is the 1v1 title showdown. Right. That's what it says in the belt. So so it can't even be rebranded. Nope. Stuck with that. Locked in. Although they had two fine. belts. It has changed the belt. I did buy another one.
3: Well, so. I mean, I'd say it's a waste of company funds, really. It was. <laughs> <It's around laughs> no, no, no. I meant just in terms of doing it again.
2: Oh, it was. It was. I knew <laughs> what I was doing. I get to make the, the <laughs> rules, unfortunately.
3: Exactly. didn't bring it to the board for ratification. So, no. I, I might have done. proper governance required. No. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's super tight. It's super yeah. tight. Um. Other than Hull. Yes. But um, it's still amazing to me the how far Adkins has chuffed this. I don't know why well, he's. He might not. not Look. Well, he's made it harder than he needs it to be. He could have it all sewn
2: up. Yeah. Could have put Kong in there. It would have been enough. That's, mm. It'll be a blower. It will be a Gerard slipper if it ends up not coming coming in. So not long now. About what we well, got? A couple of weeks. One, two, three weeks basically. Mm. So we'll see. It'll, it'll all yeah. be handled in a number of weeks. Right. Well, I call this the crying episode because this is the episode where we're in a post-game awards. Nominations world, so the Game Awards right. have had their nominees announced, and all the crying started. X yeah. didn't get in. Why didn't get in? Right. What's that doing in there? Anyway, we have a little chat about these okay. Game Awards. And one thing I will say, this awards ceremony is one part marketing, as we know, is a big showcase that takes place on the same event and one part awards now the awards as i've said year after year is a selection of outlets across the world media outlets or influencers or content creators whatever you want to call them people that are deemed relevant in the space by jeff Keighley and his panel they're asked to submit their winners losers whatever it is and that's how it's done it's a it's aggregated through those those that voting process so for all intents and purposes, this is kind of like the Media Award, the Game Media Award of the Year. Which means there's a really easy way to kind of look and track who's likely to be nominated as you swap over sides, which is interesting. Um so one thing, don't take it too seriously. No need to, is there? Like if you don't agree no. with the review scores, then this isn't this is of no interest to you at all. Unfortunately, because it, it absolutely is going to be game media stuff and two we have industry awards a, we've got the golden joysticks i've got the nominations for that and the winners of that coming in that's sort of a fan related one we've got dice Bafters. uh what's the other one can't bloody remember now but anyway there's a number of other ones that are done by the industry itself but this is the media awards. this is not an oscars peer voted thing and look the oscars aren't perfect either so everyone puts that as the gold standard, don't they? Say, "core," that's the prestigious, most prestigious award. And sometimes you see some of the dross that gets nominated and put forward there, and you're like, "What are they doing?" Mm. So anyway, none of these things really matter, is what I'm saying. But they're interesting to needle at people, nonetheless. One huge problem I have with this, and have done for years on years, is that it's done during the year of 2023 rather than 2024 for 2023. You can't reflect on the entire year. There are still games coming out. Now, get this one. See if you can figure this out, Logan. We've had the nominees, yeah? So we know the game of the year and all the different categories are going to be. According to their own website, the Game Awards, the closing date for a game to be considered in the Game Awards nominations list is Friday the 17th of November, 2023. And yet these were announced on the 13th of November. What are we doing? How can we be saying we're going to draw the line here when the closing date hasn't even fucking been breached? I mean, do they just... Careless. Say that to me again. The close. So if you want your game to be considered yeah. for a game of the year, 2023, it has to have been yeah. available for public consumption by yeah. Friday, November the 17th. Yeah. The Game of the Year nominees were announced on the 13th of November.
3: So basically what we're saying is, is if your game comes out on the 15th of November, you're fucked, even though it's within the criteria.
2: Yes. They've jumped the gun on their own closing date. It's shambolic, isn't it? It's just I know it's a minor detail, but it really does just annoy me. that Because there actually was two games that came out, Super Mario RPG. Which has come yeah. out. And Persona Five Tactica plus a swath of other indie games that have been out. Yeah. Like, yeah. That could have in theory been considered. Now, you know, I the, the doubt they would have got on the nominees list to be honest, but you never know. Well,
3: yeah, but what I don't understand I do I just don't understand it. Like surely you would do you'd say like the first of November and then yeah. then a the two third. week Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why you're doing that to yourself. No. Yeah, it's weird,
2: sloppy. It's just I don't know why no one can even just look. Why no one says that and asks him, "What are you doing?" Maybe, there's a, maybe behind the scenes, it's all candled Maybe these other games that have come out this week hmm. or this past week were in some ways already considered because they'd gone off to the outlets early. I don't know. But when you write that the closing date, the last consideration date, has to be available for public consumption on the seventeenth, and then you've already announced your nominees on the thirteenth, it just makes you jar your head. Another reason why you shouldn't get too wrapped up in these things. Anyway, Baldur's Gate three and Alan Wake two lead the nominees list, eight each. Spider Man up the rear with seven. Spider Man two up the rear with seven nominees. Here's the list of six. Alan Wake two is the game of the year. Baldur's Gate 3, Spider Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom. Only one new title there. Everything else is a sequel. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. I'm not not commenting, I'm just pointing it out. Mm. What do you make of these six? I've actually, this might be the year I've played the fewest of what's on there. I've played two, and I'm only likely to play three, maybe four, by the time we do our game of the year.
3: What ones year. have you played? You've played Tears of the Kingdom. No, no you haven't, have no, you? no, no, no. Resident,
2: Resident Evil 4 and Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And the lo- the other ones that are likely to get played are probably Super Mario Bros. Wonder, maybe, but more likely mm. Alan Wake 2. That's just on the radar, and we're yeah. waiting for a, a slot for it to dive in when it's been on sale, because I didn't get it day one. That's the other rule. Do you think they've missed anything? Mm. Like, how do you... Personally, or based on... You know, how it's... Yeah, you know, so the people is... that are... Personally, I don't got, got a clue because yeah. I haven't played enough, really, this year. Mm. Maybe, but there's, there's, guess... there's plenty of games. That is, there are games that have scored higher that aren't in mm. there, but that always happens. Um, and there's always the big... Well, there's no Xbox game again, which is well, called Crime. It's... And um, Starfield was the chosen one. That was so that, that was the generational... We've gonna... This is
3: what I was digging at. Do you Do you think there should have been
2: a position for Starfield? Or is that just because is it No. No. Well look, it's the way and it's quite oh. simple. It's it's yeah. this is the game media award. So you know it's people that have played the games that work for these outlets. If we yep. use the tools we have available to us, which are like OpenCritic and Metacritic, to get yep. a gauge on what their opinions have been, what they think is mm. good, what they think is really good, and what they think is great. Starfield mm. sitting on an 85, doesn't, on OpenCritic that is, doesn't scream to me top six of the year. Especially when, if you do look at the rankings, the 44th best scored game of the year. Mm. So it's not in the top 10. There's a lot of games in there that don't get many reviews and questionable as to why they're higher but I had a quick scan through and it's ranked about 15th I would say on like games that have got you know 80 odd reviews basically yeah so it's not in the top 10 it's not in the top 50 if you go by all games it just wasn't I'm surprised that people are surprised at all because it was quite divisive IGN gave it a 7 GameSpot gave it a 7 like when bigger outlets like that aren't giving it nines and tens Mm. It's all, in my opinion it's always going to struggle and it, it didn't it wasn't the home run runaway success 90 plus game of the year caliber game that people were mm. anticipating and or wanted not saying it's not a bad and not saying it's a bad game but it wasn't seen as by the critics at that level so therefore i'm not surprised at all and if it was on there i would that would be seen to me as they're throwing Phil a bone.
3: Yes, that's how I. And view this is it. the point where I put on my or try not to put on my smug face because I'm pretty sure I called this cool. a couple of yeah, months yeah. back.
2: You were a bit more. I bull- said I was bullish on it, and you were more like, "No, you haven't, they haven't done anything yet." And I was like, "Well, they can't not." And they kind of fell in the middle. They didn't crap on it. They didn't crap the bed, but it didn't. Mm. It didn't garner the absolute darling. It wasn't the darling, was it? It's, no, I, and I, hi-fi rush going higher. Hello.
3: It. I, my fear with these sort of games is is that they they appear at first instance to be like this open sea of possibilities, and then once you jump into the sea, you realise it only comes up to your ankles. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is always the fear, and that is. I'm going to say that's how it's turned out, but I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's not really what." I don't know whether it's because of people's own expectations or... So I don't feel like Starfield particularly led people down a garden path to say this is what you should expect and then Mm -hmm. didn't deliver. I think they delivered on what they largely intended to, but people got their hopes up in a similar way that I think you did, which is they can't... Surely they'll do more. Like, surely this has got to be the slam dunk they need. And they sort of, as you say, they landed somewhere in the middle of that. But it was always i think for that sort of game going to be a struggle for it to get into the top echelons i don't know interesting conversation but is there is that the maximum these sort of games can can achieve like being like would if if you released a fallout 3 now Mm. like do you think there's that sort of desire in the market for those sort of games, like do you just think broadly they won't resonate in the same way? Perhaps they used to.
2: I think that uh, Fallout Three, one of my favourite games ever made. Yeah. Um. But it was 2008. And I think this is the problem. Yeah. Is they mm. they haven't. This is just a common criticism. They don't they don't age very well in terms of just mechanics and clunkiness and things like that. Mm. There's still animation, whatever it is. There's something about the BGS games, Bethesda Game Studios games that just that don't particularly age They're not very. You know, the environments are beautiful, and the planets look nice. Mm. But when you get up and close, there's always this level of like dirtiness almost of it. And I, I, in this game in particular, I don't know. I think it just that Baldur's Gate three come out RPG different setting, but I think one of that that ridiculous success ninety six hello mm. that again, expose probably Starfield to more criticism because mm. although they are different in many, many, many ways, there's a level of depth and choice and consequence and mm. just the overall package of Baldur's Gate 3, I think hurt Starfield to a certain extent. Not that it would have scored into the nineties, but it just, people kind of had their fill. Was like this is, this is like a watershed game And when that Mm. happens, inevitably people see what comes afterwards and they're like, "Ah, yeah, this is still good, but is it really great when you've got guys outside doing this? Not Mm. dissimilar to what happened with Fallout 4 because that year we got The Witcher 3. Mm. And guess what? Everyone said that's a landmark title and it was. (laughs) And then Fallout 4 comes along six months later and they're like, yeah, yeah, but not... You know, ball-busting, amazing. And I didn't like Fallout 4 as much as I liked Fallout 3. So I don't know what that says about anything. But generally, I just think they... There's a game in there they can do that would get it. But I think... I know Starfield as a setting is the one because you've kind of promised this expansive space world which mm. is great in some ways, but you can't fly around freely to the planet. You can't do that. There's a lot of restrictions that are, that people have found, a lot of fast traveling, all that sort of stuff. And I think that something like a, a, a one map world or a couple of regions zone with pure density and depth would do it where playthroughs are completely different, characters interact realistically and all this sort of stuff. Not they don't in Starfield, but I think it's just a level of creative depth that Baldur's Gate offers. That I've seen a lot of, of
3: like, reels and stuff of people basically taking the piss out of Starfield characters and NPCs and stuff, and it's just a bit like bland. Yeah. When you compare, always compare it back to like look at how you can go up to anyone in Red Dead Two. Mm. and have a conversation and they've got a story and they've got... It
2: feels alive, that world.
3: Yeah, and you 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 feel like they're going about their business and they're doing something. And I, I, I really do think a lot of games underestimate or just don't have the budget to do that. But it really adds something to an open world game when you feel like the world's doing things without you. Like it doesn't all revolve around you. You are just a part of that world, which is a nonsense. Are... It's,
2: it's smoke and mirrors, but it, it's one hundred percent is. But it tricks you, and that's what you—that's what gaming is. It's, You're being it's, tricked it's constantly. So important.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. immersion, it's, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's mm. like I can feel like someone's got an agenda. It's like oh, gun interrupts their little trip to the shops or something. And I think those sort of things, those little details, are often what make the difference. And Keep the immersion there, yeah. and they can easily pull you out of it by it feeling like it's you sort of, you know, they're like walking into a war or something, or like, do you know what I mean? It's like you sort of all of a sudden go, oh, I'm in a video game and there's a bug or something. I yeah. think it is a really important little um, little feature, but
2: yeah, I mean, don't know.
3: As I said, I don't know what it's like exactly. In
2: I think, in but I think, stuff. I think, Bethesda game shows could do it, mm-hmm. but I think it needs a a big technical upheaval for one thing because so many games mm. have come along and just lapped them in that in that area. Yeah. And whilst that's not everything, again, we look at how the conversations and I'm not even talking about what you're saying and how you say it and the you know what people say back. I'm talking about if you watch a conversation in Starfield that you have, mm. you know, you come up to you, their face <laughs> they sort of talk to you their mouth is you know it's animated well, good. But they yeah. sort of just stand there. You watch a conversation with Baldur's Gate 3 Mm. Zooms right down and they're animated, they're moving. It's it's. There's something about that that I think that they will need to do if they're going to play in this space. Mm. And I, I talked about for Horizon Forbidden West doing that. And that's yeah. when I replayed that Burning Shore. I was like, yes, I forgot that this game did that, had that level of interactivity, had that, mm. that polish on character interactions. Because these games live and die on the, your interactions with characters. So the more yeah. immersive you can make that... Mm. I think helps, but they, they absolutely have got it in their locker. It's just that we've got to wait another yeah. decade because they don't—they're not quick. These games, well, it's, it's, and, the and that might be part of the so problem. Yeah, if, you just, no, if a game takes is, that yeah. long to make, you inevitably mm. are going to have come up with ideas and implemented systems and come up with restrictions, restraints on a on a project that's maybe not coming out for five, six, seven years, and by then, mm. if something else has come along and shown a different way or a better way or a more critically appeasing mm. way you're going to be left behind and I think that's a problem as well is that a lot of these projects are a stab in the dark of here's what we're doing now here's what we think we can do in the future let's hope that that's where it goes and you, you mm. sometimes games come out and you think fuck me that feels old and it's like well it took it, them half, it took them half a year to half a decade to make so it, the ideas mm. in there probably are all that
3: yeah, I think the only thing I was going to touch on that I, that still did surprise me about Starfield is that the character interactions still heavily remind me of when we played ESO, and you yeah. know when you sort of and I you know and I get it that's the style right and I don't I, I'm not using it as a huge sweeping criticism but, on it. but they are very static and sort of robotic and mm. I feel like they do need to do something with that to make them more real. Because otherwise, yeah. you, you, they'd look like robots in a yeah. human
2: skin. Um, Maybe they all well, are. Maybe it's the big twist. There's like all meta. We're the fools for not not doing it. But yeah, mm. so, so Starfield really. I'm not surprised it wasn't on there because the scoring wasn't high enough. It, I could clearly see from you can see from the open Critics score is not everything, but I would I'd would argue mm. for this award ceremony, it kind of is because it's the same people voting generally. Like, it was never it was never really going to have a shot. I don't know why people bigged it up and... Not bigged it up, so bigged the idea of it going forward. because it, Just because it was a Bethesda game and an Xbox game. So that's not... That ain't how it works. If it's Nintendo, I'll let you go, yeah, they need to have at least two on there. Nintendo was someone gets fired, I think. But Xbox don't deserve to be on there. And if you look on the scoring, really, it wasn't close. And this was, or is, it's not over yet, one of the most high-scoring competitive years I think I've ever seen. Like, Mm. it's just been banger after banger after banger. So in a year where... Look, here's a list of games that have scored in the top 10% of all time that are just released this year. Forza Motorsport, Mortal Kombat 1, Hogwarts Legacy, Super Mario RPG, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Football Manager 2024, Blasphemous 2, Octopath Traveler 2, Armored Core 6, Humanity, Starfield, Cocoon, Final Fantasy 16's not on there, Diablo 4, Dead Space Remake, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Stars, Dave the Diver, Street Fighter 6. They're all in that top 10%. That's a lot, yeah. and that's that's actually a selection of games. Like, there's a load of other indie go- games in there as well that were in that list. So, look, highly competitive year. I don't yeah. think anyone's been slighted. I think those six on there are pretty good representation. Personally, I'm surprised Speddings is on there. Just from my own experience, maybe. Mm. But again, you look at the score, ninety, ninety-one. It was always going to yeah. ch- It was always going to have a chance. Yeah. One of the things that have come out of this, I'll just pivot slightly, is this idea that should re- Resident Evil Four remake be considered? Now, it's a remake and not a remaster. It's not a one-to-one remake like the Last of Us Part One. Like a, that's just a technical remake. This is a mm. built from the ground up. It uses the same setting, story, yeah. characters, but new new voice acting, changes to tweaks to gameplay, obviously. And changes to the map and things like that, and added added mm. added new content as well, or original content, I should say. So, not quite as significant as Resident Evil Two to Resident Evil Two Remake, but that was a PS1 game versus a you know a PS4 game, so the jump was bigger. This was a GameCube game going to, to to PS4 and PS5 and Xbox Series. But should remakes at all be considered, or should it only be reserved for brand new original? games where there's no foundation to build off
3: yeah they should be considered absolutely because any it's like well should a sequel because they've already got the base ground in there they've just done a new story and mm. polished it a little bit so yeah i'm fine with it if it's you know the thing is, if, if they release a game that's a remake and there's very little difference or no material difference, then it's not going to score very well anyway. So it won't yeah. be people just go, why would you buy this? Just buy the original. Yep. Yeah, but
2: it'll come out on the critically,
3: watch,
2: will Yeah, it'll None come the last out on the was watch. Part so... one, people went, well, <laughs> one of the best games ever made, but we've actually already got this. So actually the remake doesn't score as well as the original because yeah, we had it. So this is what I mean. It's, it's objectively like, the best version of the game of one of the greats.
3: Yeah 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 I agree it's it'll come out in the wash and that's why I'm fine with it because if there's enough improvement it'll come out in the review scores and the critical acclaim they'll go this is a way better version like the good the first game was great mm. this is excellent and therefore you get a 9 out of 10 or whatever so I think that's the way it'll always be washed through um I don't think it'd ever be a case of a few minor tweaks and they get clapped for it I I, yeah. I just don't see that being being the outcome
2: no, and then, I will go back to my point. Sequels, other than one of them, cause for concern. Yeah. Is the is the game in landscape stagnating? There's no new ideas, Christopher.
3: Um, there's always new ideas. Some of them just don't work, <laughs> and that's just the reality. And it's... the thing is that that game studios will always try. We spoke earlier about the fact that Microsoft releasing State of Decay 3 like they're flogging dead horses in a, in some I'm not saying that is a dead horse, <laughs> but they're not they they will continue to make sequels for games that aren't that great. So you could, you know, the Horizons, the the Spider-Man's, mm. the really popular good games that continue to get people's attention and sales and critical, critical acclaim are going to get sequels and that's fine because yeah. I want more of the good stuff as well. So why would I Why would I just want a game to stop? Although that being said, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Like you yeah. look at Call of Duty and you go, look, stop sequeling that because this is getting out of hand. It's, like it's, it's the same with TV series. You've got yeah. to stop it at the right time before it gets exhausting. And you that is the trick. In. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's difficult to walk. I know it's difficult to walk away from a cash cow, but there has to be some sort of creative pride taken in that yeah, we agreed. don't just run yeah. this thing into the ground because then... Bleed it dry, literally. We look at mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Okay? Yeah. Now, well off the boil towards the end, it's a universally accepted opinion. And now yeah. everyone looks back at Game of Thrones and goes, oh, it wasn't that good, was it? It's like, no, it was very, 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 very good for 80% yeah. of it, but they fucking blew it because they couldn't get their ducks in a row. Now, they didn't... I don't think they oversaturated it, but they... You know, mm-hmm. if you blow it towards the back end because your creative process yeah. isn't as strong, that then the whole series gets tarnished. The whole idea of it yeah. gets, gets...
3: There has to be... You have to work
2: towards an end.
3: And yeah. I know that's a really difficult thing while something's popular. You want to continue yeah. with it and you want it to remain popular. But if you do that too long... People get sick of it, and yeah. it happened with The Walking Dead. It happened with various <laughs> things, which like you've got to fucking. What are you doing? You can't just keep Rain bringing in. this along. Yeah, and I think
2: that's what sometimes
3: you know. Look, it's, it's easy for Cobra me Kai. to say.
2: All right, Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. Karate Kid. The uh, yeah. the new TV. Sp- first few seasons of that were great. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe this thing even existed. Like one of my favorite things ever. Now look, yeah. the last two seasons have been like a massive step down I mean I've still watched them and enjoyed yeah. them but like yeah. that should have ended a couple of I think they've got one more season they did I'm like thank god someone's settled, uh, getting silly now yeah. but mm. they could have if they wanted to kept going and um yeah. but again that, that'll that be looked upon like even Adcock who loved it as well like got bored of the season before last mm. and he hasn't caught up so you're right they need to work towards it you can't just keep aimlessly creating new sequels and new seasons but it it's in.
3: hard if I th- if that was me and my job was yeah. tied up in that, I would want to, you know, I would want to make sure Extract. that I continue to have a job and yeah. and you know, attention and finance and all that kind of stuff. So it's easy to say, but I always like the fact that if you've got a story, the one thing that I always say about why Ricky Gervais has been so successful with his series is because he has never done it for longer than it needed no. For any of his stuff, it is always... Wow, and a like, Brent film. The film the will film. leave. The film. The film we will leave. But the series, yeah. he's he's only done two, three series for all of his stuff. Yeah. And that is why it's so good. It's because... Too
2: many stand-ups ne- now, I'm told. He's run that in like the ground.
3: A, Well, I don't, I don't mind the stand-ups. I'm, I'm okay with that. The last um, one wasn't
2: very good, I found. I was like, that's the first one I was like, that was too... It was
3: it was okay. Um, But it's
2: Mm. Hard hard to criticise his multi-millionaire who's clearly at the top of his comedy game, but
3: we will pick holes in anything if
2: we find a way. (laughs)
3: But I liked liked when he does a series, he does three series or whatever, he never does it for longer than it needs to go on, even Mm. if he could do. And even if there's clamour for it, he goes, I'm done with this, I want to move on to something else. And I think he does that really, really well and that's why you know, Afterlife, for example, has been so successful, and you know, that's what frustrates me about games is that they don't tend to do the same thing. They go, "We're releasing another one. We have another one." Here's an stop it. It's like Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, but that's still doing well.
2: Well, yeah. To be fair, they they're always different. <laughs> they're not sequels. Are always. Yeah. It's just the brand. It's of that point, title. It? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's the title. It's not the game. But uh, yeah, I think that's the main thing that I. I wouldn't say there's a lack of creative um, or creativity in the gaming industry. Far from it. I think there is. Film industry is another thing, by the way. Wow. Um, but gaming, I, I think generally. Chat. Idle film chat. Yeah. With an e. F-I-L-E-N. Yeah. Um So Scots, yeah, I in it think, they say that.
2: No, it's the Irish. Is it the Irish? Yeah. Celtic, aren't they? <laughs> Are they? Well, part of the Celtic Nation. I think there's six of them. I think Cornwall's part of that. It's like Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Cornwall, Jersey. Uh, anyway, don't, how, don't ask I how didn't I didn't was even researching yeah. that. Something ridiculous, I didn't know that.
3: But, Probably um, related to a game law in some way. It was to do with a um, wrestling game.
2: Yeah. Right, there we go. I was going to make a stable of people. <laughs> I didn't have enough people from Ireland or Scotland or Wales. And I was like, what can they go under what banner? I was like, oh, the Celtic Nations. There we go.
3: period uh, man. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's okay. I just think broadly, it's okay. It's okay to have sequels, um, as long. Yeah. But again, it will all come out in the wash. Yeah, is, yeah. is the point? It all comes out in the wash.
2: If it's too, you don't get it. So we've got Alan Wake, two, Baldur's Gate three, yeah. Spider Man two, Resident Evil four, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Who do you think will win it? If you had to take a, a wild guess.
3: I don't know. I feel like Tears of the Kingdom will.
2: Mm. I think if you've got... If someone said to you, look, we're forcing you to bet all your money, that would be the safest bet. Mm. Just because Nintendo, Tears of the Kingdom scored super well. But mm. I wouldn't put it past Baldur's Gate 3 just to come along and cause problems. Yeah. That's what I would it's say. It's because it's, it's a, a those surprise two, isn't it? The other, the other four yeah. ain't got a chance. Sorry. You ain't you ain't playing the same league as those two. <laughs> No. So don't be don't no. be don't be sitting there if you're fucking Alan Wake and Remedy thinking you're gonna pull a rabbit out of the hat. You ain't. It's gonna be Baldur's Gate Free or Tears of the Kingdom. I'm gonna i say if you're gonna go Tears of the Kingdom, I'll go Baldur's Gate Free and then that way. It really
3: of, is a toss of to the coin, yeah. but I just think they'll align themselves with the more
2: what's the word? Commercial. Mm. Well, it's more, more well more known, known, isn't it? It's more of a Yeah It's kind got of more legacy Popular. pop yeah, I mean although you do mm. like they, they might like an underdog story. Yeah, Larry and coming out the bins. Mm. So that's that. Uh, Game awards done, and then just before we end, the Golden Joystick Awards were announced mm-hmm. and released. So these are just like this is a what's this? This is the Audience Award, basically. I mean, again, it's fucking getting earlier and earlier because they announced it last week, so November the tenth. So we're going back a little bit here, but I, I don't know what we're doing in terms of that. Do it in twenty twenty four for 23 yeah anyway people, this is just open to anyone to vote you can just sign up and vote i don't even have to sign up you can just go through click 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 they, mm. i think it's the longest running awards show i've been going since the 80s the golden joysticks so it's it's an interesting one anyway playstation game of the year resident evil 4 xbox game of the year starfield nintendo game of the year tears of the kingdom pc game of the year Baldur's gate 3 And then they have what they call the ultimate game of the year, which is all platforms, Baldur's Gate 3. So the people have spoken, or those that care to vote on that golden joystick. Baldur's Gate 3, picking up the win for the masses. Anyway, that'll do. No other news. It probably was, but it's slowing down, (laughs) thankfully. Well,
3: we're doing a mid- a five-hour review of State of Decay in there somewhere, that talking wasn't about ended. animal welfare, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's something else where we went off on a tangent. Oh, we started talking about Starfield in depth when yeah. neither of us had played it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what we can do. Indeed.
2: We're going to get some opinions on Cocoon. Okay. All right. So that's a little-known indie game. I played it, and so did Evan from Pixel Pints. So he's come through the forbidden door
3: to to, to talk about Cocoon. external
2: consultant. Yep, just like we had McWomble on for the old um, Marvel's Midnight Suns. So people have got that to look forward to. Cocoon, I played it on Game Pass. He played it on the PS5. We talk about that game in depth and whether it's something you should consider perhaps giving a go. So that's what's coming after this transition. But as we always say, we'll see you on the other side.
0: Welcome to the DIMP digital voicemail service. Please leave a message after the tone.
1: Tom Adcock here, not Adkins, doing a little voice review of Bayonetta 3 on Nintendo Switch. Um, I guess I played, I haven't played the first Bayonetta, played the second and thoroughly enjoyed that on Wii U, um, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, so I got this for Christmas, I didn't buy it myself, but once I had it I was like, right, let's, let's crack on. Um, I guess if you enjoyed the second one, you'll probably enjoy this. It's that kind of typical sequel where they've got around the table and gone, right, what worked, what didn't, how can we change it? And so the action, big set pieces, they're all there. Um, And then you basically have um, the ability to change into several forms and you play as a different character at various points in the game. So they're, they're your changes so very sort of standard sequel fare. Um, and it is enjoyable. I would say that the Switch seemed to be creaking a bit. Like it did not look pretty. I played it in handheld exclusively. And uh, Christ, I'd hate to think what it looked like blown up on my big telly. But um, yeah, I wasn't impressed. Performance was good though. Um, sort of learning to notice that more. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is only meant to be a quick review. Um, so, yeah, Ban to three, gets a silver. Here we are,
2: then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, you've got apps here. And I'm joined by a very special guest. It's the Platinum Fraud himself, the Stan user, <laughs> the Pixel Pints co-host, Evan. Walking through the forbidden door. Welcome. It's good to have you on again. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's been been a couple of years now, and I have to start this out with a nice mm. beer to pr- promote Pixel Pints, I it's guess. A, yeah. I don't know. Is or that, or is, just drinking?
2: Is that what Pixel Pints is known for? Just drinking? <laughs> I'm known for that <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, every time I'm on the show, it's always uh,
0: midnight. Or, like, mm. 11 p.m. on a Saturday, and I'm six pints in. So, you know, after a while, it becomes a theme, and then you worry about what people think of you. But, uh, I think yes. it's fine.
2: That's fine. What you got there, by the way? Anything nice?
0: Yeah, sounds this is like the uh, the beer chat from, uh, from I'm a pixel the segment. Pints episode. I'm having it now. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking, uh, Kirin Ichiban Shibori, which is, uh, first, the first press. It's just your average, uh, Lager. It's it's okay. the main the main kind of uh uh Kieran beer that's produced everywhere. Lovely. It's it's fine. I I uh craft beer's expensive here because of the tax laws on uh malted barley, so yeah. I stick to the uh the decent stuff, not the cheap stuff.
2: No. If you're gonna have a beer you might as well have a nice one, I say. Don't just get piss for the sake of it because it's cheap although some of the pubs around here only serve piss so you don't really have a choice which is irritating we are here to talk about cocoon which is a brand new is is this geometric interactive's first game it is isn't it this is a brand new studio that was set up small independent studio you've got jacob schmidt and jeffy carlson who were both working at play dead previously and I wanted to start off by kind of asking why and how this game got on your radar. Specifically because you just handed in your Game Pass badge not long ago. And therefore went to the shop and bought this. When well, it goes to the shop, went to the digital shop and bought this. So this wasn't like a... I know how it is with smaller games. You sort of see them on Game Pass. You think, I might as well just download it and play it. And it's three hours later and you've done it and it's it's fine. But you actually put hand in pocket for this... And I'm assuming it's because these guys were former Playdead developers. And therefore, I would imagine you were a big fan of Limbo and or Inside. Absolutely. Uh, I played Limbo years after
0: it came out. Same here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I I got a PlayStation 3 in 2012. I was six years late to the game. So I was broke. But uh, loved it. You know, I... I often hear you talk about the palate cleanser in between the bigger Mm. games. And uh, once, uh, you know, on Xbox 360, all of a sudden there's these small digital only games like Bray that came out. It blew my mind that I could just download a game and and, and play it. And it's five or six hours long and it is nice in between uh, your bigger games. So uh, since that time, I've always been interested in these smaller games and, uh, I'd like to think I'm kind of a 2D platformer person at heart, just because growing up on the Super Nintendo. Yes. So anything that reminds me of that, where you start on the left and you start moving uh, to the right, yeah, uh, always catches my eye. And obviously just uh, being derivative of, of Mario or something like that doesn't cut it. So seeing these games that... Twisted in a way, whether that's with, um, gameplay mechanics or tone or atmosphere, especially Mm -hmm. in the case of Limbo and Inside, it's, it's that hook where you, you think, you know what, I, uh, this is familiar to me due to my childhood, but I've never seen a game that looks like this. So it's immediately intriguing. And so I think that's what caught my eye with Limbo and especially Inside was the game that took, uh, what i thought about play dead to a whole nother level i personally i think inside is probably within my top 20 of all time i might be able to argue it in my top 10 i think it's that good yeah uh so yeah uh i know that team takes its time i believe between limbo and inside what was it six years something yeah. like that
2: yeah they're not they're not uh they don't just dump them out quickly they take their time with these and usually what's delivered well, at least in the, the two cases we have have been excellent and I believe this
0: game was six and a half years in the making.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, so yeah, to to answer your question, um, because you put from people behind Inside, yeah, uh, anything like that from the from the game designers specifically of Inside, then you've hooked me immediately. So not only is it like this small, interesting-looking um, indie game that I want to play in between the big games, but it's also from former Playdead designers or devs so yeah, yeah I was I, the second I saw it at.
2: it was about a year ago in one of the uh, summer sh- yeah. summer shows I feel like I saw it at like, the Xbox showcase either a year either, even 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 in 2022 or maybe even 2021 and noting really that it wasn't really the look of the game it was oh is these the this is a couple of play, play dead people over there that was the hook and I actually didn't pay any attention to what the game looked like because <laughs> I'll talk about it a bit later when I, when I booted it up I was a bit shocked that it wasn't a Platformer. I was like, "Oh, this is like this is a puzzle game." This is oh, you, a- didn't, I, you didn't, you didn't see any footage. Well, I had done, but I'd forgotten what it was. I, all I saw was Playdead okay. developers, and was like, "This will be the same as that." And then, as soon as I booted it up, I was like, "Oh, this is isometric, and it's there's no there's no jumping around. What's going on here?" But I adjusted. did. you think if it didn't have that tagline of "From the makers of Inside and Limbo," that it would have just fallen? Down the back of the sofa somewhere, and not been picked up, or do you think Cocoon, just in the way it looked, you may well have seen it and gone, "That looks interesting enough for me to give a give a go for." Uh, I mean, I think anyone who's
0: pays attention to the indie space, as kind of broad brush, is whatever. What does that mean? But I think if I say that, people know what I'm I'm trying to say. Anyone that pays attention to that space, I think, would be interested. In playing this game. And I think they knew that they had their hook because, well, at first it's kind of this top down uh, puzzle game, but then the hook of the worlds between worlds where it switches, I think immediately people are like, all right, I've never seen that before. Uh, I I would like to know more. Um, And I think I. I I mean, it's so polished. It's a, that trailer was beautiful, and it it told you everything you needed to know about the game. So, I, for me personally, even if it didn't say "played it," I would have. It was on my radar just from uh, how visually stunning it was, even before they showed the uh, the main mechanic of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, what helped massively for me as well is when I, when the review scores come out. I was like, "Oh, this is not a Somerville where." it came out much softer and you actually played somerville which is interesting and had some issues with it and i skipped over somerville i was like well i'll get to that later on where it's cocoon i was like no i'm gonna make the time to do this as soon as my next major game's finished i'm gonna dive straight in because this will take a week if that to do because i knew it wasn't a particularly long game i think i clocked in a good four and a half five hours though so i wasn't i didn't speed through it but yeah it's helpful to have that and you know, you said you played Somerville earlier this year and wasn't overly impressed. So, it can get uh, doesn't doesn't guarantee that you're gonna have an enjoyable experience, regardless of who's behind it.
0: No, I mean you you can immediately establish an interesting look to a game and a tone that Somerville had immediately, but not all ex Play Dead no. <laughs> developers' first games are created equal. No. Because I thought the the last third of that game was pretty bad. And even with something like Planet of Lana, which is an Xbox game, which is one reason I I bought my Series S, uh, I was very disappointed Mm. with most most of that game, Uh, despite a lot of it just being a beautiful game, interesting set pieces, interesting puzzles. But uh, I don't know, it's like a lot of games for me are Death by a Thousand Cuts, where uh, little things will happen. It's like, I don't like this mechanic, and I I hyper-focus on it, and then it just builds and builds, and I... Kind of lose my temper and somerville did that for me especially with the end of the game it was yeah. awful yeah terrible ending to that game
2: are you so. getting are you getting hyper focused on all the spider-man 2 bugs that you're experiencing <laughs> yeah. are you noticing every little <laughs> little bug now you're like hey i just saw that pop in there and then peter parker's bike goes through the <laughs> through the road which i saw earlier you posted yeah. <laughs> i, I don't, i've never been to new york maybe that's
0: what happens there just uh <laughs> i i I I heard a story of a a, a, a girl uh, falling through the sidewalk through a giant hole and landing in like a pile of rats. Oh, sounds fucking awful. So you never? I mean, maybe it's it's realistic. Maybe that's happened to everyone. I, I haven't checked online, but uh, no. I I mean, Spider Man too. What what can you say? It's just it's pure fun. Yeah. So it's a bit like the third time around technically the fourth if you want to include the dlc from the original game it's like all right i want the insomniac to do something different i'm good with this being a trilogy i really don't need to see any more spider-man games unless they do the horror thing and throw it in space or whatever but i've seen new york <laughs> yeah, several times now i think i think i'm good
2: yeah i don't need to visit anymore i don't think i've swung around everywhere so I've, I've i don't think i need visited. to visit at all no i see <laughs> right all done it's
0: a poor man's uh <laughs> you know new york
2: trip <laughs> so Cocoon I want to read out just a little bit from the store page and um, I, I usually take a glance at these but I didn't with Cocoon and and then I found myself surprised at some of the bits that are in the game and if I just read this took two seconds I would have not been surprised but here's the leading part from Jeppy Carlson the lead gameplay designer of, of Limbo and Inside Cocoon takes you on an adventure across worlds within worlds Master world-leaping mechanics to unravel a cosmic mystery. Now, I will say there's a mystery indeed, and it's still a mystery to me, exactly what's going on in Cocoon. Interesting that, that Jacob there didn't get a shout-out. It's just Jeppy. He's, he's not mentioned once in this, this little store page. So, I guess, I guess people
0: don't care about the uh, music of a game no. as much, fortunately.
2: No good. Worlds within Worlds, Cocoon is a unique take. On the puzzle adventure genre, where each world exists within an orb that you carry on your back, very descriptive there of the actual game. That seems, you know, normally you get like marketing speak to fluff it up. They're literally just describing what you do. You pick the you pick the orb up and put it on your back. It's like okay, you didn't even try and make that sound any more interesting than it is. <laughs> Wrap wrap your head around the core mechanic of leaping between worlds and combine, manipulate and rearrange them to solve intricate puzzles. It talks about alien machinery and other devices, orb abilities, and then the monstrous guardians that are there that you can fight in fierce battles. Each fight is unique and requires you to master a new and satisfying mechanic. So there's quite a lot of information there to go off. I want to start with the atmosphere in this game. Because I think we're on, we've got two different opinions here, which is good. One of the, I don't know if it's necessarily a negative, but one of the things that I never really got on board with was the atmosphere of this game. I think because I'm trying to compare them to the to a great like Inside, which is just oozing with it and Limbo, but for me, the atmosphere didn't didn't suck me in. But I feel like you had a different experience and enjoyed what was being offered from this perspective and i wonder if you could expand on that and show me the air of my right of my ways uh yeah i just think um all of the design
0: of the game has a symmetry to create well the game itself so you're talking about the art design Mm. kind of very simple lots of flat flat textures they really focus on specific colors for for each of the world they don't go crazy with it um Then you have the sound. A shout-out to the guy's name that I forgot and was not in the blurb.
2: He's gone. He's forgotten now. He's pissed. No, he's gone. He's he's fucking gone. He only put put 49% into the funding at the beginning. That's why. The next uh, idle game chat news. (laughs) Jacob Schmid leaves Geometric
0: Interactive to form his own own sound design studio. Uh, But then you have the... The sound design and the music, which reminds you of Breath of the Wild, because sometimes it, it's not there and sometimes it is. And when yes. it's there, it makes it more powerful because of the negative space that the the silence uh, creates um, and lots of the simple animations. Then I think that all combines to just create a, um, an atmosphere of an eerie, desolate, kind of lonely uh, world where... Like the game starts with the play, the thing you control, this little moth-like.
2: What is uh, it? Is it a moth, man? What is it? Mo-
0: what are you? I, 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 I'm guessing it's a it's a moth because moths, um, or or it could be butterfly? some sort of butterfly because of the cocoon. So it emerges from a cocoon. So there's thematically mm. already there's there's the idea of of birth, mm. and even rebirth. In, in, in terms of metamorphosis of, of, of butterflies and um, the idea of kind of the creation of, of life, the creation of, of worlds. And uh, you're kind of, at least in my um, analysis of it, you're, you're starting out in this place that uh, is either being made from the ground up or is being remade to where you can kind of see hints of where life, uh, like early life, uh, yeah. um, and you are tasked with uh, helping, pushing, nudging that world along to 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 evolve and, and, and move into its its next phase. Uh, you're kind of nudging it in a way, and I don't know. I just think um, the the look and the art and the sound design of the game does help create this idea. Of this kind of lonely atmosphere, where, um, yeah, you're kind of um, exploring this world and in, in, in trying to push it into its next stage of metamorphosis. I guess I don't know. Yeah, That's, that sounds very pretentious. It wow. is Anna Perna, though, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that published it. That's all <laughs> the, they publish. The, so. the, yeah, the A twenty four of video game <laughs> publishers, right? So, one thing that I I also felt was. And this is just a personal thing that I kind of need is some sort of narrative hook. Now, I recently have been playing the Little Nightmares games and they they don't really have a narrative either. But by virtue of the setting, uh, you're in a hostile environment, you know, a, a, just a fundamental level, you can get on board with I need to escape and get out of here and move. Whereas with Cocoon, I never really knew really quite what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I'm not sure even when it wraps up, I quite understood. And I haven't gone on Wikipedia and read up what it was supposed to be. I've just refused to to do it. Um, I know there's obviously a double-edged sword there. You don't want it to be too blunt and too obvious and literally spell out what's going on. But did you? how did you find the narrative part of this? Did you get on board with it? Was it something that you wanted to do further reading afterwards to try and... Understand your interpretation of it, or was it quite clear to you as you was going through? Or you know some of these some of these games, especially with Inside and Limbo, you're never really quite sure what's going on, and you you're kind of left to make your own assumptions when you get to the end.
0: Can I can I ask you a question before I answer? It? Sure. Uh, how did you feel about um, the ending of Inside, or like kind of the overall like the story that the quote unquote story that they produced?
2: I think. Well, I never, again, did I understand it fully? Probably not. I mean, that game gets wacky. I'm just thinking about now what, <laughs> what transpires. But I think, in, the, in a similar sense to, to Little Nightmares, there's, there is just a, a goal of escape or to get out of wherever we are in that place. And I obviously didn't get that with Cocoon. It's a different kind of setup. But even at just a you know, level one, elementary level, I could attach myself to that goal and understand why why I'm going from left to right on the screen. Um, and it is just that fundamental. And in, in terms of what happens and goes on, yeah, there's lots of intricacies. There's lots of further reading and, and depth to it. But just the general one source goal of escape was kind of enough. I can I can move on and go, yeah, well, even if nothing else, that I understood to be part of the goal, even if there's a lot of other advanced things going on. Sort of subliminally. Okay, all right. Um, so, with the story
0: in this game, I think um, not every story needs to be told in the same way, mm. obviously, right? And uh, I think in with the play dead games like Limbo and Inside, it's leading you towards you, you. You at the end of the game, there are things that are concrete but they um purposely leave think leave it up to you to come to your own conclusions on a lot of aspects of that uh, of those games and i remember thinking about inside and and, in limbo and limbo's a bit uh, easier to understand i guess just the name yes uh but like what inside was about what like all the things that were happening what what's the story and i went online and i watched all these video essays about it and a lot of what was in there was was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of the ideas that I also had. And then they kind of piece together things that I may have forgotten. And then I was satisfied with that. And I think with a game like this, I'm not so similarly, I'm not so hung up with uh, just due to the nature of how it doesn't really, there's no dialogue in the game at all. (laughs) No. It doesn't tell you what's going on by the end of the game. And you're going through this process from from start to finish you can kind of decide what everything means to you and come to your own conclusions and i think that's fine that's Mm. totally satisfying and and you didn't look anything up but i kind of thought about what it all meant and uh i looked up a video that uh, i'm so sick of these ending explained videos (laughs) and all you do is explain what It's a, they do such a bad job of it. There's not not all of those videos are, are created equal either. And uh, but I, I found a couple of good ones. And like, okay, that's generally what I thought was happening. But again, yeah. like, I'm not. I might not be right, and they not the person that made that video. Not might not be right. But maybe they're both true because even the developers didn't really have a story set in stone. So, yeah. and I think that's probably purposeful because what. The conclusion I came to, and all the other people that I've read about, is generally hitting the same notes. So okay, then maybe this is it's more thematic than uh, an A to B type of story, and I'm 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 totally fine with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the actual puzzles and exploration and what we're getting up to because I think that is the core of the game. All the atmosphere and story aside, you know, this is it is it is an out and out puzzle game. Um, there's no platform to speak of, platforming to speak of. There was a lot more, what I would say, timing-based puzzles that I wasn't quite expecting. Ie, you hit a switch and have to run around and get to another area before the the the, the switch mechanic runs out of time just to maybe move a, a platform or something. And um, it does a good job of teaching you that that's going to happen because it happens quite early. And I was like, oh, I'll keep this in my back pocket because for some reason in my head, I just I always forget about those being part of the puzzle design. Um, but this is a very interesting and at times I almost got... I, I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I think was good. And this is for a complete brain-dead individual like myself. I never got really stuck. Almost hmm. certainly after a couple of minutes, I figured out what I needed to do. And it's all about how I get there. And... They've done a really masterful job of, in my opinion, again, this is completely unique. Someone may well have got stuck on the first puzzle and then turned it off because they never did it. This is this is always the the perilous thing about discussing kind of puzzle-based games. Is it's, there, there, there kind of is no good and bad puzzle because the individual might get it right or wrong. But I really had a good time. It made me feel kind of smart sometimes, managing to work through it. Nothing felt too easy and nothing felt stupidly, obnoxiously hard. Which is kind of a good balance to strike, at least for me, and it's a difficult one that not a lot of games get right. But given it's the core mechanic of the game, we've got this worlds of inner worlds, we've got globes being put on our back, as they describe in the description. How did you find this? Literally, the world is on your shoulders. It's very, um, yes, yeah, very direct. How did you find this part of the game? Because this is the the meat and potatoes of it, and um, it can it will make or break people's experience for sure right
0: and you know we we talked about atmosphere and all these things and look that that can only take a game so far Mm. so if you don't like puzzles i don't think you're going to like this game or if you if you don't like if you're a puzzle a person who likes puzzle games but don't like the puzzles in this then yeah it's just not going to be for you like
2: captain toad treasure
0: (laughs) (laughs) so who the hell (laughs) said that amazing game in and of (laughs) (laughs) itself but yes um but so uh Jeppy Carlson was the lead gameplay designer for Limbo and Inside. And I remember in the credits, he's one of two people um, credited with the game design and the one person credited with the puzzle design. Mm. So judging from the, the scrolling credits of the game, he is the single person who designed all of these puzzles. Wow. And talk about a very short, but, I mean, 10 out of 10... Five star to five star list of of games in terms of uh, gameplay and in puzzle design, I think. And I, I'm actually not that much of a puzzle gamer. I, I've only kind of recently discovered that I like very specific kind of puzzles. Like uh, Berkhoff turned me onto the Talos Principle, mm. which is a very different puzzle game that I know when I saw the reviews of it, just seems so overwhelming that I wasn't even going to play anything like that. Uh, but I got into it and it's it's great. Yes. Uh but that game is also like you will stare at a puzzle and have to stop and walk away for like a day to come back while your subconscious works it out. Yes. And like you said, this is not that game. And I just uh I read a couple articles with Jeppe Carlson is talking about um how he approached puzzle design. And it seems like one of his main philosophies is uh keep it keep it simple. Don't uh make the puzzles overly complex while also making the player feel satisfied with such a simple puzzle because yes. they figured it out themselves and they think like well that's easier said than done that sounds like you're gonna get mad that it's so easy but no it just there's something about these puzzles where you still feel smart even though in some of the puzzles you'll just be walking and you can because the, the camera's zoomed out right it's 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 yeah. top down you can see all of the parts of it and know exactly what you do the second you see them, yes. but it's still satisfying to do it. And I just—that's like dodging lasers. It's an insanely hard thing to do, but it's—and it's even harder to put into words, like why it works. But it—it it totally does, and it—it um, it also does a such a good job of um, slowly feeding you the way that puzzles work. Mm. um and i don't know if this has happened to you otaps in games where um sometimes it's unbalanced how they drip feed you stuff to where there might be a specific mechanic that in let's just say in world two that you were um introduced to but then you didn't do puzzles like that for long enough that in world six you forgot that that was a thing you could do and that's why you got stuck on that puzzle yeah this game does not do that no it keeps adding stuff and reiterate and reiterating it all the time to, and I think that's part of it to where like you keep remembering what you need to be do, or at least everything in your arsenal.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep.
0: There was there was one one uh one part that I got stuck on that I think most people didn't, and I just forgot. I'm like oh, I can go in a world and then come back out with something. It yeah. was one of those things, and that was totally me but it just it does a a good job of reminding you of all the things that are possible yes at all times and i think that's one reason why you don't get stuck on the puzzles and um there's i wonder i want to i would love to see a hour-long documentary of this of carlson explaining how he approaches puzzles and he would explain it obviously better than, than we're doing but there is something there to where in the back of your mind, it's like, this just, this just works. This this yeah. person has figured out how brains can <laughs> um, succeed yes. and be satisfied with even complex looking yet simple puzzle design.
2: Yes, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, a bit of magic. It's not by accident that pe- people generally are having a positive experience of this because it's, it's designed so well. And this, this very, uh, simple things that they do to help you out. I I initially I was really bothered by the fact that it kept cutting me off. Like I'd go through go from one part of a world to the second part on like say a platform and then I couldn't go back. So there's collectibles like these moon ancestors that maybe we'll talk about a bit later, but I knew I'd like miss those throughout my first run because the game cuts you off. And initially I was like, oh why is it let me explore the whole world. But actually when you want to go from a to B to C to D and get through the the puzzle elements and onto the next world. The fact that it constrains you to the area where you need to be really helps out. So you don't waste time backtracking and going somewhere that's not relevant to your journey. You don't get lost, getting trying to figure out a puzzle that doesn't exist. You're always in and around in the proximity of where you need to go and how you need to get there. So that's something that initially I was a bit a bit frustrated with because I knew I was missing collectibles and whatnot. But as I went through the game, I was so thankful of that because the amount of games that give you too much freedom and you end up going around in circles going, I don't really know where I'm supposed to go or what I need to do. Um, something like The Witness, I remember starting that, and it's just this big open world, and you're like, what the fuck? Where where do I even start for this? And this is the complete opposite to that, and it's. I was really grateful for that.
0: Yeah, and... and- I couldn't remember, I was trying to explain like, oh, some of this puzzle design is like, it just works, but you're totally right in, in, in a very specific aspect to where you'll pass a threshold and the platform you came on moves yeah, away that's or it. a wall will simply come up. And basically that's telling you like, look, you have everything you need in front of you to f- solve this puzzle. Yes. You can't go back because you need to solve this puzzle first. And there was actually one point where I thought the game had glitched. Like, uh, I can't solve this. Hmm. I'm like, oh, no, I totally can. And then from that point on, I knew. It's like, no, the game is telling you. You have everything you need to solve this puzzle because you can't go back to this this previous area until you solve it. And the worst puzzle games, like The Witness, which I fucking hated... <laughs> I know Jonathan Blow is a genius, and I loved Braid and all this, all that type of stuff, but when you teach people how these puzzles work... Maybe five of them, and then you open up the entire world. Yeah. Like, I went all the way to the <sighs> left, and like, do what? Do, and you know, I I solved the puzzle, and then I went over by this boat, and I there was a new element to the puzzle. I'm like, do I have what I need to solve? I like, I don't know if I have what I need yes. to solve this. Yeah. It's now, if I went into this area and I turned around and the door shut, that would tell me yes, you do. Yeah. But I had no fucking clue, and you move so slowly, like it's everyone <laughs> fucking gone to the rapture. Right, and you waddle um, over to this other puzzle. It's like, I, do do I notice? And then like, I'm not going back there. No. Like, fuck this game, and I just deleted it. So, and <laughs> I'm just, it's it's very considerate to the player. To so are like, no, you you got what you need. Just 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 relax and, and and think about it. So I was very, um, I was very happy with that little nudge to let you know that, yeah. You
2: yeah, stay here, stay think here. about it, figure it out, and you'll get it. Out. Also, if you if you are concerned about exploring the world more and getting all the collectibles it has one of the most granular checkpointing and reload systems you'll find in any game you can literally move per percentage to each of the different areas of the game so i assume you went back you got the platinum did you not or are you working towards it
0: yeah so the way the way it, one of the big things is you have to there's these and and, and again this is um the uh art design where they'll place little things to nudge you towards and it's just outside of the screen. There's nothing yeah. very um like in other puzzle games like I have n- there's no way I would have figured out that that was a a hidden room in no. in this in this space. It's like no, there's um there's these hidden moon ancestors that you can unlock, but the road to get to them has a very specific kind of um black like obelisk with a uh, a square on top
2: of it. Yeah.
0: And it'll lead you towards this path, and usually just outside of the view, or just on your peripheral, you'll see one of them. Right. Oh wait! And then you go that way, and then the camera will follow it, and you'll go down that path. And they place them just outside to where, if you're not, if you're if you're focusing on the path ahead, you might not see it. But if you're kind of looking around, it's not that hard to find it. Which again, I appreciate. It's just it's simplicity, and you you feel satisfied. That you like? Oh, I I saw that. I, I paid attention, and, and now I'm rewarded with it. But um, at the end of the game, like you to find all the ancestors, each one has a trophy. Yes. And at the one area of the game, I'm not gonna say what it is, but it kind of shows you like what you have missed and where. Yes. Yeah. In a very in a very like it's it shows you what area of the game. That you need to get to but not necessarily the chapter so I, I cheated slightly i know you're you're disappointed in me you know fast traveling and all these types of things but <laughs> can, that's,
1: that's
2: fine in this game <laughs> that's a reload isn't it yeah you just you're just basically reloading to an earlier stage of the game and then you can hit the trophy and can you go back forward to any part of the game as well it doesn't like sever your progress to like 20 and then you, you have to like earn it all again
0: i'm not sure if it does it before you beat the game but once mm-hmm. you beat the game you can go back to any node yeah. there's like a, a node that signifies a chapter i see it. but it doesn't say like chapter one chapter two and it goes in a complete circle <laughs>
2: yes,
0: and there's 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 bigger there's bigger node mo- nodes that signify boss boss battles and the changing of of the worlds and uh, basically i followed a guide that just said in chapter two there's a boon ancestor yeah but there's, there's no, so I had to count myself. It's like chapter 19 and I had to start from the first note and, and count all, all the way up to 19, go in there. And then I figured it out almost immediately because the game is very clear. Like, yeah. hey, no, you know, there's something over here type of thing. So, yeah. Just, yeah, for, just uh, for
2: reference, I've got no problem with people looking up for trophies cleanup <laughs> because some of the trophies are so up their own ass that you would never get the platinum unless you did that. It's more about them just going through that first experience of the game. I want to try and organically experience it. Once it's done, I'm like, well, yeah. Got, I'm not going to find all these fucking hidden things that you've put under a grain of sand. It's on the far left of the map. So having it... You having did get the um, you did get the God of War Ragnarok platinum I,
0: without even looking up a single thing, didn't you?
2: I did, but that was... I mean, the that's, amount of uh, time I spent impressive. to do it. But, that, I mean, yeah, I would guess so. But that was more out of... Just stubbornness. I mean, there's there's no reason like for to me thank you. to do that. Sure, I'd like to thank you though because I was at my
0: wit's end with a single raven I couldn't find, and I knew that you didn't look any of those up. and the back of my mind, if, was if Otaps can do this, I can do this. And I finally found that fucker, and I feel, you feel better. better for it that I didn't I didn't look anything
2: up. Yeah, but uh, anyways, if, if I remember correctly, in God of War they did a quite a smart thing where it it tipped you off at the location of the ravens that would say like one of two. So. I think you you would know where, it, at least what map it was on and where to kind of yeah. roughly explore. Again, that's, that's... It was kind of, of sectioned off. E- even on a single map, Correct. They, they sectioned it off to... Yeah,
0: it was like, smart about it.
2: Again, it's like going back to what, what, what Cocoon did, where it communicates to you, you just need to be here to progress. And you know, that was... If it hadn't done that, there's no there's no chance in hell because on God of War One they were just all over the place. And I was like, yeah, get me a guide for that. It's just... I watched someone's video, which was not the best thing to do because... Obviously, they were just throwing the axe and hitting it first time. And some of those flying fucks, it would take me like forty minutes. I was like, "No way, this dude did it one one shot." it, but that's the beauty. Oh, of it, the, it. the
0: yeah, the classic. Uh, this this is, is this is uh, very easy to get, and then you try it eighteen times. Yes, like, this yeah,
2: absolutely. You got anything else to say on, I guess, the core puzzle side? And we'll get on to like the guardians, which are a nice wrinkle to add to the game, to sort of bookend some of the major chapters but is there anything else about the design or the the core kind of experience that you wanted to shout out
0: uh, i will say i I'm, I'm almost slightly disappointed that the game didn't uh cleverly hint at where the mo- which chapter the moon ancestors are in mm. in the menu to where what we were referring to before is you can go to the menu and there's a giant circle of nodes and each one is a different chapter showing you how a percentage of how far you've uh progressed yeah i thought maybe there would be like a very small node next to each chapter hinting at that's where the little symbol uh, or something. moon ancestor because well, i was trying to think i'm like oh i bet you there's a hint in this this menu this um menu and i was trying to look for it and there's nothing there i'm like oh that would have been nice if like i didn't have to look anything up i just saw like ah these are where the moon an- ancestors are but there's nothing like that, but just in terms of um, just general uh, art design, I just you know we're we're progressing towards uh, hyper realistic looking games, and, and you know, spite, look at something like Spider-Man, and I, I love like Spider-Man Two and 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 Super Mario Brothers Wonder both got such high scores because they're so different.
2: Mm. Yes. you know one
0: one's on the one's on the switch which is yeah. an awful system i love the game i love some of the games nintendo <laughs> makes but goddamn, damn does that system make uh, the games are look horrid uh, <laughs> but you have so, like, a technical marvel i know uh, I'm a technical marvel spider-man 2 yeah. and a fast travel that takes a single second that goes from the map and populates the turns the 3d map into the city as it zooms down
2: yeah
0: it's absolutely amazing and then you get a game like this it's like no like art design can be just as impactful and important um when you have a a smaller budget and in all of these things and i just love the look of this game and how they do a really good job of uh creating the, a different feel for each of the worlds that you're in and, and, yeah. and that's down to first. And, and I think it, they start, it starts off simply too. It's like, first we do color. Yes. Orange, gray, green, purple. And then from there, maybe it's like, Oh, what, what does that mean? And it's simple polygons with maybe this, like a bit of a gradation yeah. to them. And that's it. But they do just a smart job with the design of, and the look of the world and the creatures. And again, the sound design, and the little sounds that the creatures make it all just makes the world feel alive even though the game is not turning my playstation 5 fan on or even even my pro you know the 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 jet engine pro uh, ps4 pro i don't think it would put even have pushed that system but like that doesn't matter when you have something that is just uh you know it's like a wind waker Uh, the Mm -hmm. like the, the gamecube version of wind waker still looks good and and it's just because it's uh they just paid attention. They the the limitations made them uh, work really hard to create a clear a clear uh, design that um, just it, you know it's 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 timeless in a way. And I know like yeah. indie games kind of do this, but it, it 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 totally works in this game. It's I think it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the art direction. The ultimate kind of praise for that is it probably runs well on the Switch proving that it doesn't require any level of horsepower as we just referred to. It's a- I, I,
0: I will say, how about when switching in and out of those worlds? You think the Switch can handle
2: that? I think that thing will fucking explode. Might do. <laughs> yeah, there's maybe, that's, maybe that would, would tax it, but it probably takes a bit longer. Although the cartridge uh, speed, uh, yeah, the load times are quite bad, actually, on the Switch when I was playing. I mean, last game I played was Breath of the Wild, and that was probably about a year ago now, and I was like, kept dying. And I was like, hmm. This reminds me of Bloodborne a little bit. Mm. Sitting there, that was the worst. That was like a min, <laughs> nineteen oh God, fucking yeah. seconds long, and I was like, "What is this?" Remaster that game, Sony. Uh,
0: uh, everyone, everyone wants it. Yeah. Uns- unsurprisingly, Carlson had said that the to get the switch between worlds, which technically, if you want to talk about a, tech, a one technical marvel in in this game, yeah. as much as we I talked about the simplic- simplicity, is that animation of moving in and out of the worlds yeah. is it looks so good it looks it looks so good yes and they he's he, he i read an article he said like yeah that was really fucking hard to do <laughs> and it looks like it yeah it's impressive looking
2: one thing i did get and i can't remember if it's when you jump into the worlds or some other interaction but i was getting fed up having to hold the button down for one of the interactions. Mm. I can't remember which one it was. I was like, "Can you just let me press this now?" I think it was I think it was jumping into the worlds. But the animation was so nice that it was it kind of was satisfying, but I remember having to hold that A button oh, on the Xbox. Yeah, when you
0: when you put the 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 orb into the space and then it, it, it. um it reflects in the water. And That's yeah, it. you do have to hold it down for a little too long. Yes. And the reason that it's an issue is because due to the nature of it being a puzzle game, you're you're experimenting because you don't know exactly how the puzzle works. So you're wait, yes. like, do what? Okay, no, I, this isn't what I need. I, you get out of the of of the world. I see like, wait, no, I think I need to go
2: back into yeah. there. You have to hold the button down again and yeah. just like, like, oh, like no, all right,
0: I've, can I just pr- can I just press the fucking button?
2: Yeah, I've got to go back in there with <laughs> something else now and come back out again. You're like, oh, I yeah. oh, no, I've put it in the wrong place. It, yeah, there was definitely a few chains yeah. where I was a bit like, come on, let me press this. But oh, that's a complete minor quibble. These monstrous guardians shocked me, as I said, because I didn't read anything about the game. I hadn't even looked at it. So when I was chucked into, you know, a, a boss battle, for lack of a better term, I was, uh, I was like, "Oh, this is a, a wrinkle I wasn't expecting." Um, I think in, I think they're a net positive for the game. Certainly, I got a bit frustrated. This is just my patience level of getting to like the third phase, and then getting hit once and being booted back out, and having to go back in and find the boss had regenerated. I was like, "Well, come on." What are we doing here? I've now got to go through the two boring stages again, only to get hit for a third time in a row. So that, there is that cycle of frustration, but that is just a patience thing. But generally, this was a nice way to sort of bookend key moments in the game, and uh, they weren't just there for the sake of things, they actually had some interesting mechanics that. Over the course of what is a quite a short boss battle, we're talking a few minutes really, but they do evolve from phase one to phase three. There's an evolution of the mechanics. They they ramp up the difficulty, they rank up the complexity just enough so that it is an interesting run through. What did you what did you make of their inclusion here?
0: Yeah, I, I loved them. And uh, do you generally stay away from kind of teasers and trailers for games? you I'm I, just...
2: there's a certain point where I yeah, I mean, for this game, I wasn't tracking it. it. As I said, it wasn't really till the reviews come out so strongly. I was like, well, I'll dive into it. At that point, I'm like, do I need to see anything? No, I think I understand that it's a shortish game, as we say, as a palate cleanser, and I'll dive in. But there's other games where I've sat there and watched every bit of pre-release footage and been like, oh. Sure. But I assume they were quite, well, <laughs> they were signposted in there. Okay, so, yeah,
0: immediately when the teaser came out, I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna get this game and I didn't watch anything else about it. So like oh. you, I did not know that there were boss fights in this. And again, I thought it was a great bookend to each section of the game. Hmm. And um, one thing I, I appreciate, and again, it's just this Carlson, Jeppe.
1: Jeppe! Jeppe
0: Carlson, this this guy. <laughs> he he understands that sometimes um, having fun is more rewarding then um, it can be equally as satisfying as like a, a challenging yes. aspect of the game. Yes. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the puzzle design. It's like, it's not overly complex, but it's still satisfying in here. The boss fights are not overly complex nor hard, but it's like the process of that three seconds it takes to guess like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Yeah. Ah, okay, I know what I need to do. That's all it takes, and that's, that's enough. And like you were saying, like each boss fight one thing that it's really, really smart is I, I don't know if it's for each of the boss fights, but one particular boss fight, the boss fight won't activate, the, the boss won't activate until you do something mm-hmm. that turns the boss aggro, but then, again, you have to use that to hurt the boss later yes. in the game, yeah. or later yeah. in the fight, so it's letting you know like, look, this is how you f- fight this boss. It's just, it's yeah. so simple, but yet it's, it's It it works so well and they'll add you know it's like the the second part of the boss fight they'll add another aspect to it okay I see what you're doing like most of this game boss fight or otherwise you see the second you see something it's like quite clear like where it's going like okay I see what this is going to be but it's still fun to go through the entire process Yes, and I did uh, I did enjoy that Um, I got kicked out of a boss fight once and that was the first one sorry you know platinum platinum fraud no more (laughs) Just really good at video games now, uh no, but, um, but yeah, I just thought, oh, I don't even know if we wanna say what it is there is something there is an one thing that I did not like that is not necessarily a boss fight, but it happens towards the end of the game and it has to do with a um ability that you get to where you have to aim,
2: ah yes yeah, and yeah. hit
0: something, and That's... if you take too long it kicks you back to the start yes if i had to uh that is say anything negative against this game i think that was like don't time this shit no one thing that this game does is there's very few timing puzzles i hate when you have to pull a lever and it's 10 seconds to get to the doorway. It's like, okay, I know what I need to do, but I accidentally like hit the wall yeah. and that was enough time for the door to close, so I have to go back. Don't fucking put puzzles like that. In the- and they don't do this. But then at the end of the game, it's there's this timed section. I'm like, I just don't understand why they yeah. decided to put that in there.
2: And it wasn't even just timed as well. It was actually- I'm not saying it was like fucking Elden Ring, trying to do it without getting hit, but there was a level of of, of precision that was required that simply wasn't really required throughout the game because it's a puzzle game it's not really got any many action kind of mechanics to it yes the boss fights have an element of that but the level of precision that you needed and timing and the fact that you're on a time limit because it will restart you know even if you're the final phase you have to go back to the beginning that was definitely when i was going through that bit i was like right what are you what are you done this for this didn't need to be you didn't need to have the time limit it could have just been me trying to fire the projectile and trying to hit what i needed to hit and if it took me half an hour we stayed in that same spot for half an hour until i did it not you've got 30 seconds to get through it or you're going to go back to the beginning it's like snakes and ladders and it really you know, you hit that snake and you go all the way back to the start and i was like oh for fuck's sake because you know what you need to do and it was just an execution problem
0: right and and as you just said it the reason that it's bad is because it betrays the des- design philosophy of the entire game
2: mm. yeah
0: there's no part of that game that punishes you and there's no other part of the game. That's like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Why I'm um, start adding something new and then punishing the player for it when that was not part of the, what the game was teaching you throughout. Yeah. Yeah. I Again, would... it's not, it's not be all end all, but no. I was re- quite annoyed at the first uh, <laughs> part of that.
2: Yeah. I would imagine people looking up impressions that's a common complaint. That people would have of it because it it does feel somewhat out of place compared to the rest of the game yeah. it's just a bit of a strange inclusion, but you know we got through it, so you know that's there's always something to say about that um anything else any other business any other comments that you had about cocoon before we head over to the gaming gallery and decide how you're gonna rank it but anything we've not covered that you'd like to speak on.
0: Uh, there's one thing I'd actually like to ask you, and, and this is something I hadn't really considered until I heard it brought up on a podcast. One of the criticisms from this person on this podcast said, uh, you know, like the puzzle, as we talked about, the puzzles are, are simplistic. But then towards the end of the game, you start having to go in and out of worlds a bit more. Yeah. And they, they had argued that they wished there was a bit more of that like Throughout you know it's like the final 15 percent of the game is probably a bit more layered in mm. inception like yeah and Inceptions. they argued do you do you agree or disagree with that
2: i i und i understand what they're saying in that it does ramp up but i don't know a video game that doesn't ramp up like that and crescendos with you know Trying to go out of a bang almost, and I can see why in a puzzle setting that's frustrating because it can break your momentum and make you, you start to feel stupid. And you know that's that's the that's the, the difficult line that these guys are trying to straddle. I think it wasn't it wasn't so much of a an increase in in requirements that I was completely lost. Like I, I you do it enough times at maybe one or two levels earlier in the game that again teaches you that this is a thing you need to be aware of. And continually, as you mentioned back at the beginning, throughout the game, you're continually sprinkled with these requirements. And it's just that the you know towards the back end, like many video games, you're kind of putting the whole thing together. You're putting everything you've learned together about one of the very core mechanics of the game, which is going, as you said, inception, layer base, world within a world within a world. And you're putting that all together. And yes, it's probably a bit might feel a bit clumsy to people, but I was kind of okay with that because. Um, that was like the you know that's the that's what you've been kind of working towards and learning for the last sort of three to four hours in the game
0: yeah i think i i, I agree with you I, I they did a good job of of balancing that and and they didn't make the end of the game overly complex or or um add too much of the inception stuff in it i think even in one of the um the interview is Carlson had said like they actually scaled back the idea of yeah. the world within worlds stuff. Cause he realized like he doesn't want to make a game like the witness or the Talos principle. There has to be more fun than yes. complexity. And so that, I think they cut out some of like, cause that ga- think about the mechanic of the worlds in worlds that could get like really mind bending. Oh yeah. yeah. But again, we would, we would be talking about a very different game if that were the case. Yeah. And I'm glad that they scaled it back. So I, I do, I do agree with you. But yeah, I just you know the synergy of uh, it's just simplicity in design, and I I just think as a as a puzzle game they it's it's the perfect length. It, oh. It's great at communicating puzzles. It it drip feeds it in in a, in an interesting way. It, it gives you enough of a story in 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 my opinion to where you can kind of connect ideas, and I'm satisfied with that. And um, I, I just. I hope the next game does not take six and a half years to make.
2: <laughs> and where the fuck is Playdead's third game? Well, isn't Playdead doing like that's... a three D game? Like, they trying to? I don't know if it's going to be a two D platform. I, 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 a...
0: ho- I hope this isn't like the um, the Hyperlight Drifter mm. uh, devs deal be- because the the game that came out after that that was overly ambitious and I think it just annoyed the shit out of me. I forgot the name of it and now they're doing a roguelite It's like what the, oh, what the yeah, fuck? No, no. Just make a
2: two D game. Stop trying to catch those stupid white. Oh, damn. I'm, I'm done with roguelites Please, lights. like, I'm I don't done. mind. I don't mind the OGs I'm doing done. it, but I don't want everyone else trying to hand it. I'm like, no, you stay out. You stay in your lane. Stick to what you, you're good at, please. You make the games I want to make, yeah. and then I won't buy them anyway. And then you'll, you'll inevitably go bankrupt. <laughs> we'll be on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, cocoon. Okay. So go on. Did you have oh no! There? I just uh, yeah. Come on, no. I was gonna say hand in
0: pocket, but and, oh, there we go. I sh- I, I shouldn't say that because I, I I'm not putting hand in pocket. I I only come on the show every I listen <laughs> every week and come on it every two years, and uh, we'll That's we'll it. see. See, the thing is, I don't want to create like kind of a like I, I would have to stipulate that I'm a a patron, and then no one would believe
2: anything I say. <laughs> no, so yeah, you'd be a shill. You, yeah. you you're keeping yourself independent. That's the way to do it. Um. Hand in pocket. <laughs> um, here we go then, Cocoon. We've got the gaming gallery. you got a way, you got several ways to rank it. You'll be going the guest of honour because uh, uh, McWomble, I don't know if he is, the, he is the master of pixel points. He certainly thinks he is, uh, I believe. He thinks he's the leader of it all. But he came along and did um, Midnight Suns and officially opened the, the guest of honour exhibition in the Gaming Gallery. So you've got platinum, gold, silver and bronze if you wish to reward it with any of those ranks or accolades. We've also got the botchling bin, which is for all the tur So for some reason... <laughs> I get this isn't going to be utilised here, but it is there as an option if you want to just punish the game for doing something bad, or if it's just a game that you perhaps didn't enjoy, perhaps that's where a Somerville might have ended up in, a, in another life. But that is there as an option if you don't think the game met your, your kind of standards or you enjoyed it as much as you perhaps thought you would have done. So this is a big moment. Cocoon, where would you like to place it among the platinum, the golds, the silvers and the bronzes of the gaming gallery?
0: Uh, can I put sonic superstars in the botulism <laughs>
2: bin what did you call it the botulin bin it's a creature oh, from it's a, it's a creature from the witcher it's horrendous if you look it up it's a horrendous idea but oh okay I I know that
0: name now yeah I I, I don't when I see I'll look a picture look a uh, look up a picture of it later yeah. uh, I will put um hmm, I'll put cocoon to gold lovely a glorious I uh, just think yeah it's it's not quite there Mm. For for a platinum, you know, something like Inside is 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 a platinum. It had a bit, like as you were saying, just uh, you 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 couldn't establish like um, the atmosphere. of The game maybe didn't hit as much for you, and and if you compare it to something like Inside, not to say that we have to, simply because no. the game designer started his own studio or whatever, but you're inevitably going to make those comparisons. Yeah, I guess it didn't. I was satisfied with it, but yeah, it didn't like hit in the same way the ending yeah. didn't hit didn't hit in the same way the, the final puzzle of the game i thought was very very clever and i was very satisfied with that but if you want to wrap that in the atmosphere it's something we're just used to from play dead, even though their their output is is so small it just doesn't hit that that upper echelon but like as in terms of a, uh, one of my favorite games of the year it definitely is so it has it has to get a gold it can't get a silver.
2: Lovely. I'm going to give it a silver and I, I mean I echo a lot of your sentiments okay. and I really did enjoy it. I've been really harsh this year. I've barely put anything at gold. In fact, I'm looking at it. I've only put Resident Evil 4 there the remake which I just as love. as a gold. Yeah, that's the and that's the only thing. So this is actually in, in what the higher higher part of the What did you put off Fantasy 16 as? Silver.
0: Which uh, I, I would go still I would go silver as well.
2: Yeah, I really did enjoy that game but it, it's got in its way too much. The performance wasn't great either. And, you know, I could do another hour on Final Fantasy sixteen. But I think if I played it on the PS5 Pro, and let's say it was completely smooth and, and whatnot, it would have more of a chance. But I got really frustrated with the side content, which was a self-inflicted wound, admittedly. I didn't have to do it all. I, but I, uh, I, don't, I don't know,
0: though, because all of it is bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even kidding. 99.9% of the side content in that game is fucking awful Mm. and like i don't even like i'm a big dummy i i I, i'm an apple person i have a macbook i know nothing (laughs) about technical stuff i didn't have an issue with any of the performance stuff but the side shit in that game was so awful like i hated it genuinely hated it it's so bad that it just put everything down so that's fair enough. Uh, uh, it could have been a gold a, a gold becomes a silver, probably.
2: Yeah. I mean, they Anyways. should have done Moon Ancestors. That's the lesson of this, isn't it? If you're going to do side content, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. do, so, do some Moon Ancestors to <laughs> let off you're into the
0: moon The three seconds it finds to take a Moon Ancestor <laughs> is better than any fucking
2: side quest in Final Fantasy 16.: <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I'm just being a bit of a grump this year. and uh, But Cocoon, the silver's still fine. very solid. As I always say, are people slag off the bronze category. I'm like, no. Oh, it's good. You just don't want to be in that botchling bin. That's where you don't want to be. You don't want to be lurking in there with new Pokemon Snap and other dog shit that's come out. And all, all the Assassin's Dude, Creed Valhalla DLCs, they're all in there. Yeah, I, I was riding the wave of um,
0: nostalgia when me and Tony Johnson played the original <laughs> Pokemon Snap start to finish one night. We didn't sleep. I bought, <laughs> I bought the, uh, Swift, the, the Switch game. Day of and <laughs> holy shit is that game terrible. That was a huge mistake. Yeah. Never some, again.
2: Some games don't age well, do they? New, new Pokemon snap no. the just the idea of that game, the what you're doing, probably you think, hmm, as an adult, that's not, not as not as interesting as I as I once thought. But a lovely gold for cocoon in the Guest of Honor, and I've given it a Silver. A very solid game. I recommend the game if you're into your puzzle games. And you have to you have to come along for the ride for that because it is an out and out puzzler at, at heart. And, yeah. um, but it'll make you feel smart for the most part, I would, I would anticipate. Yes, you'll you'll struggle at times, but every game you're going to struggle. So Cocoon itself, great job from Geometric Interactive. What a great debut that is. And I guess we'll see the next game in 10 years or something and we can come back on and <laughs> talk about... It ter- turns out it's Cocoon 2 and we're like, oh, okay. I'm up for more Cocoon, but because you guys have not done something new again we're asking them to be played it don't do don't do limbo 2 do inside and
0: i I actually i think i don't want to see a cocoon 2 as much as i don't want to see a spider-man 3 i think (laughs) the idea is great but Hmm. please
2: please try something different no but great job overall really enjoyable game um it's a palette cleanser territory not overly long really lean but in a good way and uh it might improve your IQ so absolutely give it a go if you've got access to it or buy it outright on your PlayStation your Switch your PC your PS4 whatever you might have but it is there on Game Pass at present for you to play right i'm going to wrap it up evan thanks for attending and joining this i thought it'd be an interesting chat and it was indeed i'm sure the audience will enjoy it and um we'll get you back on another time for another game because you're you're pretty prolific when it comes to beating out games so and you tend to play some things off the beaten path so i do want to get you back on for for other games in the future if of course you're willing to no oh, definitely
0: i'll um i'll bring gozer on next time she, yes she got her uh, third third vaccination today oh, so she's kind of uh ko'd she looks like she's pa- she's passed out yeah she's ko'd <laughs> in the crate but yeah. yeah
2: i'll be on absolutely great stuff right thanks for your time and ta-da